As my kids were growing up, we had to make um, adjustments, if you will, in our parenting style to start letting them make decisions without my input. Um, It started as early as when we would um, be getting ready for church, and my seven-year-old would put on this really colorful, mismatching outfit. (laughs) Or uh, at one point, one of my kids wanted to wear kind of a Batman costume everywhere we went. And I had to just embrace that and say, that's you, that's fine, whatever. And that's extended to adult choices they make about all sorts of things where I think, I wouldn't do that, but I have to let you. Um, I'm John Fuller, along with Dr. Danny Huerta, and uh, we're going to talk today about letting our kids make choices and mistakes. So let's begin with uh, the balance of a conversation Jim Daly and I had with Crystal Payne. She's a really popular blogger, and previously she discussed three choices you can make as a mom or a dad to improve your parenting. The fourth one is letting go of your child. What? What? (laughs) Crystal, are you crazy? Uh, obviously, it's age appropriate. Mm-hmm. You don't let a three-year-old go, but you know, talk to that issue of letting go. If you're a, a mom and dad of young children, you're saying, "What are you talking about?" If you're a mom and dad of 15, 16, 17 year olds, you know exactly what we're talking about. H- how do you let go? Letting go, I really feel like it starts in your own heart. It's that those hands open to resting in God's plan for our children and trusting him with our kids. So it starts with that. But then I think let's not wait until our kids are 15, 16, 17 to start thinking, oh yeah, they are going to leave the nest someday. As they're younger, as they show, like you said, age appropriate, let's give them opportunities to practice being adults. And one of the things about that is then they're going to make some mistakes. And guess what? Then we can be there to kind of walk with them through those mistakes. And so not too long ago, one of my kids, um, they really wanted to buy this new set of earbuds. And they wanted <laughs> these really expensive set of earbuds. Of and course. And I was like, okay. And they had found them off of one of those sites that is not super reputable. And I asked them a few questions and they plunked down a lot of money on these earbuds that did not work. And it was such a good opportunity for us to just, you know, talk about this. And, you know, I said, can you go back? And is there anything you can do to get your money back? No. But they said, I learned a lot from this, you know, so we were able to have that conversation. And so often, It opens up just those conversations when we allow them to little bit by little bit, we are letting them go. We're raising them to be adults, not kids. And I think it's really important also to recognize that are we setting rules and boundaries for our kids just because it's we want to keep them safe? And I think so often that we are not setting them up for success in life if we make all the decisions for them, especially as they get older, but raising them to learn to seek the Lord themselves and to make some decisions themselves so that they get in that habit and that practice of learning wise decision making. When you tie this all up in a neat bow, all the things that you've learned, and again, I so appreciate your forthrightness and your vulnerability in this. Because we all need to learn from it, and we all need to be more honest, I think, as parents in how we're doing, and control those things we can control, which, oh, by the way, is you, not your child, Mm -hmm. and the Lord knows that. I heard someone once say, God's a God of teenagers, (laughs) right? We're all like teenagers to him, doing the things we want to do. Um, Speak again to that mom or dad listening who's saying, okay, I have done everything out of fear. What I'm hearing you say is me. It's what I've done. Mm -hmm. Um, What can they do today, again, to move toward a healthier 
approach, kind of putting all four of these together? I would just encourage any parent who is listening who is feeling that weight of exhaustion, that stress of wanting to do everything right, and you don't want to live like that anymore, to recognize you are so loved by your Heavenly Father. Start with camping in His love. You can't love your kids well if you don't believe that you're loved yourself. Yeah, it's true. And so going back to the Word of God and really looking at what does He say about you and just really, really, really letting that soak into your soul. Mm. And then you can let yourself be a conduit to your kids. And you have so much more rest because when you know how much you're loved by God, it doesn't matter what other people think about your parenting. It doesn't matter. Honestly, at the end of the day, the choices and behaviors of your kids, that's not the biggest thing. Knowing how much you're loved by God and being able to walk in that love with your kids, I truly believe that's what's going to change their lives profoundly. You know, that is so good. And I'm thinking of the Lord saying, you know, my my yoke is easy, my burden mm. is light. You sure, Lord? Even in parenting? <laughs> yes. Even in parenting, mm. that yoke can be far lighter than the way we're making it. And I think that's what you're expressing. Mm-hmm. God's way is a more perfect way. Mm-hmm. And it's rooted in love. And even if in that you're saying, well, wait a minute, Jim, I'd say, check your heart, start digging like Crystal has suggested to say what's motivating you to respond in certain ways. Crystal, this is great material. I've been really looking forward to talking with you because this is a book that I have thought and talked about uh, with other people for two years. I just didn't know you were going to be writing it. And the content is outstanding. And I think this goes right to the core of fixing so many parenting issues that we have today so that our kids can be healthier Mm. and really understand God's love for them. Mm. What more important thing can we talk about Mm. than feeling the love of God and living that out and loving your neighbor, right? That's what it's for. Thanks for being with us. Thanks so much for having me. Danny, letting go is something that I think every parent I've met struggles with. And there are kind of stages of release I mean, we don't want to let a three-year-old decide what they're going to do all the time. There are some practical uh, results and <laughs> that complications. That could get messy, John, yeah. yeah. But um, how do you encourage moms or dads who are afraid um, at different ages and stages to really, it's okay, let your kids have some freedom? Yeah, you want to look at why you are wanting to remain so involved. Is it out of protection or is it out of guidance? Mm-hmm. Is it out of fear or is it out of wisdom? Because there are some kids that... Uh, are, are very immature later in their years and need more guidance and more involvement out of, out of safety's sake, but also out of just learning the tools they need to become adults. Right. I've seen that with kids with, with ADHD or other things, other challenges that are true physical challenges for them, and some that just uh, tend to be a little bit more on the oppositional side and need more parent, parental involvement. Then you have other kids that are responsible that uh, have shown that, haven't shown otherwise, and there's still that parent that wants to overprotect. That's the place where you go, hey, I, there's no need to worry. I need to equip mm-hmm. and give them the confidence they need. And that's the one that you slowly give those, those freedoms to and then check back in. Hey, how do you think it's going? And they may fail, and that's okay. That's how they learn to lean into uh, other people, lean into Christ, learning how to how to reset. Those are great life skills to learn early rather than in adulthood. Yeah. And so practice those. Look at those as practice moments 
rather than bad moments. Uh, when they fail, when they don't do things just right, when they uh, blow through money uh, early on, let's say they're 14 and they had all this money and all of a sudden they don't have any, process that. Hey, you had the freedom to make your choices. How do you think that went? Let's reset. Let's do this differently next time. Yeah. What do you think you were missing there? What happened emotionally? All those questions are fantastic to process with your kids rather than controlling everything for them. I think it's been easier for me as we've gone on because we did raise six kids. So by the time the fourth, fifth, and sixth came, it's sort of like, yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> but I think it's very typical for us to just uh, operate out of fear, as we heard Crystal referencing, and you just referenced it. So what am I really afraid of for my 14, 15, 16-year-old when they they want to do some things that I'm thinking, uh, maybe not a good idea? I mean, it really is based out of love and sometimes out of our own insecurities that we don't want to look bad as parents. If my child fails or does something wrong, people are going to think I'm a bad parent or mm. a bad person. I didn't do my job correctly. So it's less fear for what my child might experience and more fear about me I'd say the bad. and. It could be both. Okay. Right? There is love there. I mean, I don't want my child to be hurt. We don't want to see them in pain. We don't want to see them fail. And we don't want to see ourselves be seen as, as failures either. Yeah in that process. Okay, so a real fast, practical, what would that look like? I mean, we'll, let's keep it in the teen years, because I think that's where a lot of the explosions happen between mom and dad and, and a child. Uh, my 15-year-old wants to, you know, head off for a weekend with a friend. Yeah, yeah, and they, sometimes with that, uh, sadly, the reality is there's, there may be marijuana, there may be uh, poor decision-making with girls being invited, or, or guys, the opposite yeah. sex being invited. And when those big decisions are made, uh, that's when, as a parent, you, you do need to intervene. Hey, what happened here? So, so that let's say the child just asked me about doing that. Oh, about going how, and just, yeah, just yeah. How having do I a good time? Because it'd yeah. be easy to say, are you kidding me? No. <laughs> well, I mean, you need to ask questions. What, what's the plan? Yeah. What are you guys planning on doing? We know that teenagers, when they're bored, they become very creative <laughs> in what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And and start to do make, make poor decisions. You want to weigh, has my child made good decisions and proven that? And then lay out the ground rules of the expectation. And then also measure who are they with? Who are the friends? Are mm -hmm. there going to be adults there? Those are fantastic questions that your teen needs to learn how to ask. If you just say, oh, yeah, go have a great time. I want to be the cool parent. That's not responsible either. Yeah. You want to ask questions, show the responsibility of looking at the parameters as the decision is made, and then go... Yeah, it looks like like a good idea for you. It looks like it's going to be fun. Looking forward to hearing all about it. And if you s see some things that just are not going to potentially go well, that's when you need to say no. Yeah. It doesn't look like you're ready for something so like that yet. Have the conversation uh, maybe express, I trust you, but um, I'm concerned. And yeah. uh, one of the phrases I learned to use over the course of the years has been, well, help me get to a yes don't give me a sales job, but just help me help assuage my fears. Get in my skin, see through my eyes, help me say yes. Maybe there's an in-between step here. Maybe yeah, and that's the one, else. John, right there. If you say no, maybe say not that. However, how about this instead? Mm -hmm. Would this be a, an alternative Problem that we can compromise yeah. on? So, yeah, bring a yes with a no, especially if it's a, a big idea from your kid. Yeah. 
Well, so much good stuff. Thank you, Danny, for your insights. And um, thank you as a listener for uh, tracking along with us. Your heart to um, have a healthier relationship with your children and to raise responsible adults uh, comes through because you're listening to these podcasts I'm guessing on a pretty regular basis. You want to be the best parent you can be, and you want your kids to um, grow up healthy and wise and uh, to be contributors, as Danny said, not consumers. We have so many different ways here at the ministry to help you along the way. Uh, Encouragement, uh, answers to tough questions. Uh, Maybe a starting point would be for you to stop by our website and take our parenting assessment. That is a wonderful resource. It's free. It takes just a few minutes. It shows you where you're doing well and maybe an area or two of growth for you as a parent. And I think you'll find it really insightful. Join the tens of thousands who have taken the free parenting assessment. Uh, We'll link over to that. And then for kind of a deeper dive into some of what we've talked about today and heard from Crystal, uh, get a copy of Crystal Payne's book, Love-Centered Parenting. We're making that available when you make a generous donation of any amount to the Ministry of Focus on the Family. You're the fuel that allows us to make podcasts and have articles and uh, resources online to do so much for parents. So please join the support team as you can, either a one-time gift or an ongoing uh, monthly pledge, and uh, request your book, Love-Centered Parenting. All the details are in the show notes. Next time, you'll hear from Rhonda Stoppy. She has tips for how a mom can better communicate with her son. For now, on behalf of Dr. Danny Huerta and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, and this has been the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. 